You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray, stand in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. The Lord's Prayer. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other, others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. The word of the Lord. Well, thank you so much for your welcome. It's always a delight to come to Red Church. It's a bit of a journey from the centre of Melbourne, but I started, set off last night and uh, made it in time for this morning. I know from Jono that uh, you looked at the Sermon on the Mount last year, uh, but he thought it would be all right if I focused on the Lord's Prayer for these few weeks that I'll be with you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you love to hear our prayers. You love when we call on you and call out to you, when we speak to you, when we cry out to you. So please, through the prayer that the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, Teach us to pray. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a great saying which was popular about 140 years ago, I seem to remember, when I was young. It went like this. God loves you just the way you are but loves you too much to leave you just the way you are. That is, God loves us just as we are, but he loves us so much he wants us to grow and to know him more and more and trust him more and more and serve him more and more. And I want to say the same thing about our prayers. 
God loves the way you pray. God loves the prayers you pray. God loves it when you pray, but God loves you so much as an individual, as a church, that he wants to enrich and grow your praying. God loves the way you pray. God loves any prayer you pray because we're calling on him, we're talking to him. God loves the way we pray, but he also wants us to grow in our praying. I met a man a couple of years ago who uh, was not a Christian, but he said he was still praying the prayer that his mother and father taught him when he was five years old. He prayed it every night. And this included a prayer for the donkey. I forget the donkey's name, but they had a donkey. And the donkey was presumably well dead by now, but this man was still praying the same prayer that he'd prayed all his life. Well, I suppose God didn't mind that, but uh, God can kind of manage to really allocate prayers in appropriate ways and so on. But it's good to learn to, to grow in our praying. And we're thinking about the Lord's prayer today, not just as a prayer we should pray, but also a prayer which should shape all our prayers. So, the, it's good to pray the Lord's Prayer, but Jesus taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer, not just to say, please pray this prayer, but please may this prayer shape all your prayers. Our Father in heaven. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells his disciples and tells us of our heavenly Father. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7, we learn that our heavenly Father is kind to all, the evil and the good, that our Father rewards our generosity, rewards our prayers, and rewards our fasting. It's that interesting, isn't it? Because it doesn't say that our Heavenly Father answers our prayers, but rewards them. There's a difference, isn't there? Because we may pray for something that God doesn't want to give us, but he still rewards us in our praying as he rewards our fasting, as we humble ourselves before God. To fast is to say, you, God, are our only hope. We're nothing without you. And we're focusing our attention on you and praying to you. And also we learn that our Father provides for our daily needs and gives good gifts to those who ask. Notice that the general picture is a Father who's giving and giving and giving all the time. 
He's kind to all, the evil and the good. He rewards our generosity, rewards hears and rewards our prayers, rewards our fasting, provides for our daily need and gives good gifts to those who ask. And when we pray, Jesus says, we pray our Father, that is, we're linking our prayers with all other believers. And when God hears our prayers, he doesn't just hear our individual prayers, though he does do that, but he also links our prayers with the prayers of all other believers all around the world. And there's a wonderful picture in the book of Revelation of the prayers of the saints rising like incense before the very presence of God. So we often feel when we're praying on our own that we, it's just my prayer. But no, it's a prayer which God joins with all other prayers. So you're praying for the people in Ukraine or you're praying for the uh, for refugees or you're praying about the nation or you're praying that God would uh, bring many people to come and know Jesus Christ and you think well I'm just praying this on my own but actually God hears our prayers and bundles them all up together so they're a rich variety of prayers uh, which God hears and answers. I uh, came, come from an, uh, a non-Christian family, that is, my parents were not churchgoers or Christians in any sense. And uh, I often wondered whose prayers God answered when he converted me at the age of 16. And one of my theories is, I don't know that this is true, but it's a great theory, is that there was an elderly widow in Peru who had arthritis, but every morning she got down on her knees and prayed that more people would come to know Jesus. And God thought, how will I answer her prayers? I think I'll convert Peter Adam. So, she presumably doesn't know what's happened, but God used her prayers. Our Father, the language of our Father talks about the closeness of God, but our Father in heaven of course, think, uh, refers to the majesty and power uh, and glory of God and splendor of God. Uh, we have trouble thinking about heaven. We often think, well, if something's in heaven, it's not on earth. But in Jeremiah 23, 24, God says, do I not fill heaven and earth? So don't think God's in heaven, we could ignore him. No, God from heaven controls the whole universe. God from heaven is at the center of all power and authority. We look in Revelation at God seated on the throne. That is the center of all power and authority in the universe. The Lord reigns, we read in the Psalms. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He's exalted over all the nations. So we know to whom we pray, our Father in heaven. And the prayer we're looking at today comes with three requests. 
your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Your name, your kingdom, your will. It's one prayer with three parts. We used to translate this, hallowed be your name, which always made me think of Halloween, which is not a great help, is it? But to hallow means to make holy. May your name be honored as holy. Well, it sounds an appropriate thing to pray, but what does it actually mean? God's name is God's identity. Exodus 3. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. They ask, what is his name? That is, who is he? What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you will say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God's name is I am, Jehovah or Yahweh. That is, God is, and that speaks of God's freedom and his faithfulness. He's always the same God. But the name of God also means in the Old Testament, God's self-revelation and his plan. Exodus 34, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. So now he's proclaiming, he's revealing his name. He passed in front of Moses proclaiming, this is God proclaiming himself, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So God's name is his identity, his self-revelation, his character, if you like, but God's name is also his presence, his glory. From Deuteronomy, <clears throat> you're to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. So God's in heaven, he's ruling over everything, but he makes himself present in Jerusalem by putting his name there. It's like a kind of dry run for the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God's presence on earth is his name. In the New Testament, God's presence on earth is his son. And God's name is also God's reputation and honor. So in Exodus 9, God says to King Pharaoh, I've raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So God's name is his identity and promise, who he is, who he will be. It's God's self-revelation and his plan to be gracious, it's God's presence, his glory, 
and God's reputation and honour. That's what God's name is. And every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your name be honoured as holy. People sometimes think this, doesn't mean, this just means we shouldn't use God's name flippantly, but actually it means something much bigger than this. How, how is God's name honoured as holy? We've thought about what is God's name, his identity, promise, self-revelation, plan, presence, glory, reputation and honour. Then how is God's name honoured as holy? Well, we find lots of clues about this in the book of Ezekiel. God says of his own nation, they profaned my holy name by their detestable practices. Again from Ezekiel, God says, I'll make known my holy name among my people Israel. Or again from Ezekiel, I will have compassion on all the people of Israel. I'll be zealous for my holy name. And God is defending his reputation and honor and revealing himself as he makes his name holy. This is what the sovereign Lord says. It's not for your sake, people of Israel, I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you've gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. Well, it's very interesting, isn't it? We often think that we want to let people know that God is a loving God and that's a good thing to tell people about. But also God wants to show himself as a holy God. He wants to make his name holy that is respected and honoured. Not a hidden holiness, not a passive holiness, but a revealed and active holiness. So, to pray that God will make his name honoured as holy is to pray that God will make himself known as a holy God, that he will act in this world in judgment and in mercy, that he will save his people for his name's sake, so that all the nations will know that he is a holy God. It's the biggest prayer you could ever pray. May your name be honored as holy. It's saying to God, please do whatever it takes in our world, in judgment or in mercy, to enable people to know you. It's saying, do whatever it takes to your church all around the world 
in judgment or in mercy so that people will know you, the only true living and holy God. It's an open prayer, you see, not a closed prayer. We often pray closed prayers, don't we? That is a limited objective prayer. Please bring peace in Ukraine. And the, I mean, that's a great prayer to pray. Don't stop praying those prayers. But it's good to learn to pray open prayers as well, isn't it? An open prayer is to say to God, do whatever it takes to make Jesus known throughout the world. It's a bit like ourselves. We often pray closed prayers, that is, uh, detailed prayers for ourselves. Uh, please help me get a job or please help me not lose my temper or please help me find my car keys in my case or... Uh, whatever the prayer is, help me to get through tomorrow without getting cross. Uh, but to pray an open prayer is to say to God, please do whatever it takes to make me more like the Lord Jesus Christ. We might think of needs for our church and it's really good to bring all our needs to God in prayer. Who else, who else can help us? But it's also good to say to God, do whatever it takes to our church to grow us to maturity in Christ, to make your name known among us, and for us to make your name known here in Caroline Springs. These are big prayers, aren't they? Big prayer to pray. Well, we have been made holy we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all, Hebrews 10.10. 10. Jesus prayed for his disciples, sanctify them, make them holy by your truth. Your word is truth. And of course, to know the name of Jesus is to know the name of God. To trust in the name of Jesus is to trust the name of God. To praise the name of Jesus is to praise the name of God. May your name be honored as holy. May your identity, your promise, your revelation, your presence, your glory, your reputation and honor, who you are, be known in this world and among your people. And how, how will this happen? The next phrase of the prayer gets us on the journey. Your kingdom come. God's name is honored, will be honored as holy as his kingdom comes. Well, as you know, Jesus came as the preacher of the kingdom. And when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of God is among you. That is, Jesus himself was the kingdom of God. And in fact, the kingdom of God is the kingdom we read in Ephesians and in Revelation, is the kingdom of God and of his Messiah, that is, of Jesus Christ. 
I, I don't know if you watched the coronation of King Charles, but you may not have seen that round the front of Westminster Abbey is a Bible text. And the Bible text is, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. Isn't that wonderful? That puts King Charles in his place, doesn't it? And any earthly ruler or king, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. So to pray your kingdom come for us is to pray that God's kingdom, all that God planned to do in Jesus Christ will come to fruition. So the message of his mighty death and resurrection will be known all around the world that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And to pray your kingdom come is to pray that the Lord Jesus will return, that he'll come back one day to judge all and to reward his children. You see, the great thing is that Jesus himself is the answer to this prayer he taught his disciples to pray. He taught them to pray, uh, heaven, uh, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. And how did the kingdom come? By Jesus. Jesus taught the prayer and he was the answer to the prayer as well. Isn't that wonderful? And if God's name is honored as holy, that will happen through the kingdom coming and through God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, I think this doesn't just mean that we all do what God wants. <laughs> That's probably a very good idea. But in the Bible, God's will is his saving plan and how he does it. Listen to these great words from Ephesians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. There it is. It's his saving will. He made known to us the mystery of his will to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So it's really good to pray that we'll do God's will. <laughs> it's a prayer we should pray every day. But actually, here the prayer is a bigger prayer, which is the context of our little prayers. May your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how was God's will done on earth? Do you remember Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane? 
Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus did God's will, achieved God's will, God's purpose, God's saving will, by going to the cross and dying in our place that we might be forgiven and accepted and welcomed by God. This is a big prayer because as a matter of fact, it's not just a prayer about this world. It's a prayer about the whole creation, the whole universe. Because as we learn from Colossians, Christ was the one who brought reconciliation to things on heaven, things on earth and things under the earth by his blood shed on the cross. Do whatever it takes to make Christ known throughout the world. Whatever happens, please draw people to trust in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our gracious Heavenly Father, please do whatever it takes in judgment or mercy to make yourself known to all the nations that they might know your holy name, that you're a holy God. Please rule the nations in order to reveal your holy Son, Jesus Christ, to the nations. Reveal your holiness to the nations. Make them, known, make them know your holy name and the holy name of Jesus and do whatever it takes in judgment or mercy to make us, your church, a faithful witness to you and to your holy name. Isn't it striking that this is the first prayer to pray in the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer goes on, give us this daily bread, and you could scarcely have a more practical <laughs> prayer than that one. But notice that God's agenda and God's plan is put first in this prayer. It's so easy to start with our needs, isn't it? Uh, so easy to start with the things on our minds. And it's right, it's right, absolutely right to bring them to God. We, we should bring the smallest worry we have to God. God loves hearing our smallest concerns. But it's a bit like a conversation with somebody, isn't it? When you can talk so much you don't let the other person get a word in edgeways. We need to hear what God wants us to say to him. And God wants us to have the big picture as well as the little picture. Now, I'm not by that despising a little picture of our lives. God loves to hear the simplest heartfelt prayer of the youngest child, doesn't he? He loves it when we tug, his <laughs> tug for his attention and say, I, I, love, I love watching little children walking along the road and 
they are so sort of pleased at being able to walk, it's terrific. I remember the excitement of being able to walk and jump up on a little fence and feel I was so tall. But then when you want, when you want something from mum or daddy, you, you grab their skirt or their whatever it is and get their attention, don't you? And that's exactly what we do to God. And we should be doing that all through the day. Whenever a worry comes into my mind during the day, I say to God, I'm worried about this, please do something about it. Or I see a nice tree and I say, golly, you made a jolly good tree there. I like that very much. Or I see a person looking unhappy and I say, please, please God, bless that person. I don't know what they want, but please bless them. So we can take the smallest thing to God. We can pray the tiniest prayer. <laughs> but we can also pray the biggest prayer. And what is the biggest prayer? Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And that's a prayer which we know only God can achieve. Isn't that right? Who will, no one could achieve this for God. Only God can do this. And God sent his son as the answer to this prayer. For the only way this prayer will be answered is through and by and in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, I became a Christian from uh, a non-Christian family. My parents were pleasant people and so on. We went to church at Christmas and Easter, though my mother used to get the wrong time of the church service. I do remember arriving during the singing of a hymn which we thought was the first hymn, it was actually the last hymn. So we got to the front of the church as the service ended. But anyway, we did go to church occasionally. But we lived a very narrow life. We were concerned about the family and, you know, uncles and aunts and cousins, things like that. And we were concerned about Australia. Uh, but we didn't have a big vision of the world, the importance of all the nations. And one of the biggest changes that happened to me when I became a Christian was that I joined a missionary society, the Church Missionary Society, and suddenly began praying for Tanzania and Japan and... Uh, um, Brazil and um, Yugoslavia and so on, or whatever it was, suddenly I had a bigger vision of the world. And that's exactly what being a Christian gives us, a big vision of the world. Not as a great burden, but as a responsibility. And what we can't manage to achieve or do ourselves, we can pray. I'm going to uh, the gym frequently uh, for elderly muscle exercises. I've never thought of going to the gym myself, but now I have to go to do things like I'm doing. I'm really good at this at the moment, and even better at this exercises I have to do to keep my muscles functioning. 
because when you get old, your muscles tend to go, oh, I'm really tired now, I think I'll have a rest. And we should be exercising our prayer muscles, not just on our own, but husbands and wives together, and couples with their children, and friends with friends, and churches together as well. I think we should stand and pray this little bit of the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray the prayer from our Father slowly as we reflect on what we have learnt and heard and as we bring what we've learnt and heard from the Lord Jesus to our Heavenly Father. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's try that again. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Heavenly Father, we pray this name in the strong, this prayer in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. To the darkness you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise.